Welcome to our podcast, Today is Weird. We are your hosts, Rhea and Alex. Two friends living in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, talking about how intuition operates and when things get weird. Weird. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today is weird. Um, we have a special moonlighting guest that we're now going to call. We're going to call her the moonlighting guest. Is that okay? Is that a term that's okay to use? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Alexis Dunn, say hi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you missed um, Holy Wow, uh, Alexis is a magical being, uh, massage therapist um, in town, among other things, and also um, going to join us for this episode um, about being in a time capsule, basically, um, creating this time capsule. So um, mainly when we were thinking about this, we were thinking about how we wanted to talk about this time and almost preserve this time. Um, one thing that I've seen a lot is like advice out there, of course, um, of what to do during this pandemic. Um, so when I was a little kid, uh, I used to um, bury random things in the ground um, in my yard. And then when I was older, I would dig them up. And hilariously enough, very double Pisces. I never really understood what I buried and why. <laughs> Like typically it was like burned playing cards and like a weird trinket. And like, I didn't write a note to myself or anything. It was very unclear as to why I buried these things. So um, we think of this as like podcasting. This is like the, the 2020 of time capsules, right? Where we like drop into our current day experience, what we're experiencing even day by day, minute by minute. Um, especially too, if, if you're unsure, it is Thursday. Um, that's the day of the week right now as we're recording. So um, just, just speaking to our experience, um, what we've been up to and how this has been affecting us um, and kind of going from there. So I'd love to hear from either of you first, Rhea or um, Alexis, how you're, how you're doing and kind of what this looks like in terms of this time capsule idea what you're up to how about Raya okay I'll go first <laughs> yeah we're on a zoom call each of us doing a distant thing so it's a bit tricky to um kind of manage who's speaking when but yeah I mean this has been a really interesting time I know that I've shared that I am kind of on this family compound in the mountains um uh, just outside of Asheville. So I feel pretty tucked away and I, you know, I'm fairly used to being alone up here. So it's not that different from my normal, uh, but it is interesting to, uh, be around family really close to them in a way that I'm seeing them much more than I ever do. Um, and just being able to do different projects. So the house that my parents are in now used to be my grandparents' house and there's so much going on uh, in that house to uh, renovate, to go through, to organize. And so we've been doing a lot of projects in the garden, and it's it's a beautiful time in uh, my life for me to come together with my family. Um, I've started knitting. Uh, sorry, my dog's whining in the background. Um, I've started knitting, which has been really uh, beautiful because it's been there's been a weird energy for me in that um, it kind of, everything feels like a ceremony. Everything almost feels like a meditation. And I've been really drawn to kind mm. of going into like a trance-like 
um, state, but just sitting down and trying to meditate, I can't, I, I can't focus enough. Like I need to kind of stay distracted in order to have that clear um, kind of channel or sense of mind piece. So yeah, knitting, moving my hands has been really great because then I can just, I can be listening to a book aloud. I can be just sitting with my thoughts and, or just focusing on the knitting and randomly a thought will come in or like, I feel like I've actually been going through a lot of growth by almost emptying out and I keep feeling like I'm like a blank slate. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also interesting. My parents have kind of prepped for something like this. And they've talked about something like this happening, like, my whole life. They're not really preppers to the point where it's, um, you know, kind of disruptive or, or, or weird. But they ha- we have survival food. I mean, we do have land that we plan to plant a garden. And um, my brother, you know, works on diesel cars and knows how to turn it into a biodiesel car. So it's like there's this really interesting thing where it's almost like I feel really held in this space. Um partly because I've done a lot of self-work, but also because my family has kind of set up this container for something like this to happen. So I feel like I'm kind of in a bubble. Um, And it's been interesting trying to connect with people and friends. Um, There's one app I've been using a lot called Marco Polo that I'm obsessed with where you can send videos back and forth. Uh, And I really like that because I also have friends on different time zones and it's I've been turning off my phone a lot um, or even just doing complete like digital detoxes. So it's lovely to just have that held somewhere, whereas a text kind of feels like you have to respond right then. If I open Instagram, it's way too much. It's very overwhelming and bombarding. So having like a very small thing where it's just a pocket of people that I really want to keep in contact with, where I can send a video when I have a chance and they can send a video when they have a chance and it's seeing their face, it's hearing their voice and feeling that connection. But none of us can even really talk about what we're going through or what we're feeling. It's more like we're updating on these little moments of like, this is my garden or this is my dog snoring or, you know, these little tidbits of what's happening for us, which is fascinating because that's part of life that you actually don't get to share a lot with people. Um, so yeah, it's just such a wild time. And um I also am very cognizant that a lot of the world is not experiencing it in the way that I am. Um, and sometimes I feel into that and really, uh, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of energy going on right now. Sometimes I feel it and I just go for a jog just to like shake it off and try to, you know, move the energy, which is also very, um, that's not very normal for me. I kind of hate exercising. I like light walks and stretching. (laughs) So like going on a jog just seems very aggressive, but it's been helpful to just kind of move my body and be where I am and um, shift some of this energy. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't watch the news, but my parents do. So I kind of get some trickling in of what's going on with the government and kind of the wider scope. Um, Driving into Asheville yesterday was very interesting Uh, you know, it kind of felt like a no man's land. I drove through downtown just a little bit. Um, and really the only people you see are, um, are homeless really. And it's interesting though, because they seem happy and they kind of have the run of the town. Um, I don't know. It was this really interesting mixture of vibes, but even yesterday, not even interacting with people, just driving around and picking something up at my studio, 
um, I got a really intense headache. And even driving in, when I started hitting the Asheville boundary, my throat started feeling scratchy. And that's something that I've been talking to a couple of friends is like, I think there's almost like a paranoia of your throat starting to get something. And so you're kind of manifesting the symptoms, but it also feels like there's something going on that's kind of restricting our throats. Like a lot of the people I've been encountering have been saying that they don't really know how to connect and express themselves right now. And so there's this really interesting, it almost feels peaceful to sit with themselves. Like a lot of people that I've been talking to are just rolling with it. They're just kind of, they're feeling it. And even they're not feeling so intensely the distancing, I guess not yet, of missing hugs and missing seeing people. They're really feeling like this is a great chance for me to sit with myself. Um, But I also am friends with a lot of introverts, so (laughs) um, maybe that's affecting it. But yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a long ramble, but that's really where I'm at. Beautiful. That was great. Yeah. Um, Alexis, what about you? Thank you, Alex. Uh, yeah, I can kind of echo some of that as well. I live really close to downtown. Like, I can see it from my back porch. So I'm kind of in the heart of the city here in Asheville, and I feel really lucky that we live in such a health-conscious area, and I feel really lucky that I don't live in a bigger city. But still, there is a lot of energy circling around. And I know the exact sensation that you're talking about with this feeling in your throat. And it's like, I think that part of it is, sure, the fear that's coming up um, in our own psyches about, you know, getting the virus or being sick. But also there is just so much of that going around in the environment that it's almost like in some way our bodies are aware of the paranoia around it. Like our bodies are experiencing that sensation because they can feel that everyone is focusing their thought and energy in that area of the body, which I think is really interesting. And also this kind of parallels because I'm seeing this time as a reset button in on so many levels, as a wake-up call on so many levels. And so if you think about that um, hyper-awareness of our throat areas, it's like for the message that I'm getting about it is that this is not as much on the individual level about speaking your truth, living your truth, like standing up for what you believe in, but also as a collective, like systematic level, like I'm noticing that so much stuff is coming, crumbling to the ground, you know, and things are being completely reevaluated on a much larger scale. Like I think that this time could definitely affect this election in a bigger way than if this didn't happen. I think that this time is bringing people to stand up for things that are not working in their family systems, in their relationships, in their jobs. Like I have a friend that works for Trader Joe's and she's voicing like our Trader Joe's in Asheville is doing a lot around only letting a certain amount of people in at a time and people having to stand in a socially distanced line out the door, which I think is really beautiful. But from what I understand from my friend who's been an employee for them for years, she was like, you know, they're really good at saving face and making the customer feel comfortable. But in reality, like we have all been put at risk with sick employees 
being um, required to work. And I think that that's really interesting. And I'm like, that is beautiful. That's coming to light because we don't need to be standing for these kind of things anymore. Like we don't need to be okay with this kind of stuff anymore. So I think that that's just um, an interesting parallel with, with how much the throat also ties into the heart and to the crown because it comes through your crown out of your heart through your throat right so it's it's um pretty interesting in that way and for me personally on a personal level I'm definitely still again feeling these waves in general I feel pretty calm I don't feel the anxiety in my personal system as much as I feel it in the air when I have to go to the grocery store when I interact with a larger group of people um obviously in an online setting but that um I, I have been appreciating the practice of what is mine and what is not mine and really just dropping into the sensation of like, okay, like, is that my feeling or is that coming from something else right now? Especially when I'm going into the grocery store, into a public setting where I'm, I'm physically um, in the presence of other humans, because I think that's kind of an added layer of energy reception. But um, other than that experience of calm and the visceral anxiety that I think is happening, I have been going through waves of feeling really productive and active and creative and passionate and driven. And like, I'm like the chariot, you know, I just want to go, 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 go. And then I have days where I am like, okay, all that I can offer the world today is to just be alive. And I am total, like, slug, like, can hardly move. I just need to, like, lay and be and allow that to be okay. And that has been both empowering and also challenging because um, I'm not really a super sluggish person. And also it's almost like this energy of feeling like, high or manic on this um the opposite side of it where I'm like really getting after it I'm like yes I definitely can tell I need to be using this energy but I also can tell that this is like different than my normal ebbs and flows of energy in my life so kind of um curious about that for other people as well I've definitely heard that um, a lot of friends in productivity has been interesting. I have some friends that are still working from home and they're very frustrated because it feels like this time that we should really be taking space and taking stock and they're almost overworking um, or being overworked in a lot of situations because they're, you know, their employers at sometimes are taking advantage of the fact they know that they're available and by their computer and, um, But a lot of them were talking about this idea of productivity. Like a lot of my friends were talking about being jealous that I was knitting because they felt like they needed something to prove that they were doing something during this time. But that's also kind of unpacking and each person seems to just be following what feels right for them in the moment and figuring out what they can do with this time, which I think is really beautiful And I think it's also unpacking some of that capitalistic mindset of what is productive, like what is productivity look like? And reevaluating boundaries when everyone's boundaries are so quote unquote open because, you know, there's nothing else going on right now that still doesn't give people permission to assume that uh, you're available and have the space to work either emotionally or physically. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I echo uh, <clears throat> a lot uh, as I clear my throat. Um, <laughs> what both of, you, both of you have said in terms of projects, productivity, um, my business itself has shifted a ton in that most of my business before this was seeing about 70%, even I would say even 80% of my clients in person. So now it's all remote. Um, I hadn't really developed an orthobionomy remote practice, but I have a, I've had a few clients who have been open to it and those have been really powerful. So I'm in the, you know, working from home category. I work for an online yoga company called Yoga Vibes, typically a few hours a week. Um, and that has shifted. <laughs> so working a little bit more for that, um, we've seen a huge growth um, there, which is cool because it's a small business. It's, it's um, a really sweet business to work for. So, but it's been interesting because I'm like grateful that I have it, but also not loving that. And then of course my husband is an essential, uh, employee. So he works, um, at Verizon. So he goes in, uh, he's at work right now. Um, so he is still working, but a lot less. So he's been like writing and like working through some stuff and, and hanging out and, um, I think this suits him a lot better <laughs> in the busy lifestyle. Um, don't tell anyone at Verizon. <laughs> um, so, but you know, and it's, so it's been, so we like did a gar we like did a raised bed garden, like very, you know, I live out in Swannanoa, but like I haven't started my car in a week. <laughs> I didn't go outside yesterday. <laughs> I didn't like, go outside wow. yesterday either. And I didn't yeah. even realize it until like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, whoa, where did the day go? It kind yeah. of feels like there's this, there, we are in like liminal weird waters right now where time and space are not as they normally are. Like the veil is thin, oh, yeah. downloads are happening, our, our, our coronas, our crowns are blown off. And time is not real. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, you know, like I, I've been, I will wind up post a meme of like, um, you know, the downtown, that show Downton Abbey and the grandmother and yeah. the first episodes goes, what's a weekend <laughs> <laughs> where I was like, Oh, well, it's all, it's all the same. Um, you know, so, you know, with, with, especially with the ethers too, when I do readings, I've had like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very clear right now. And then it's also, um, there's just a lot of visitors. And I think we talked about that in that last episode, but you know, there's just a lot of visitors. And so it's interesting because like, I love the language we have for this in our world, which is like fear is in the air. Um, you know, like all this idea, like I think of the word disease, it's like dis-ease, like understanding, mm -hmm. like that disease starts with a dis-ease and we're having to like, you know, I turned to Tom the other night and I was like, do you know how many people in the world die a day? And he was like, no, I was like, neither do I. Like we're having to have a conversation with whatever this virus is, whatever is going on around that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter necessarily in terms of, um, you know, I think there's a lot of information out there about how it spreads all of that good stuff. I think that it's much more around like understanding our conversation with, with death, with rejuvenation, with renewal, because, uh, you know, uh, to me, like death is a final form of healing. Um, it's a quite a, as a medium, we've talked about this too, like watching how, like I see the energetics of how people cross over. And it's like a beautiful thing that I understand we have a grief process, of course, 
you know, and how can we have these conversations in a different, a different way? Um, you know, I think I, I think of that as well. Um, you know, and then as an, as an empath, I like not only being like around friends via online, also, um, around Tom, of course, and my dogs, and then not, and then being around my clients in terms of remote as well has been very, very helpful for my nervous system, (laughs) like not driving. I know it sounds, you know, and I I also want to acknowledge, like I have privilege around this too, like not having to drive anywhere, um, you know, because Tom goes to grocery store after work, like, like not having to interface with people. My nervous system is able to clear so much space and clear so many things Mm. out um, in this way that has just been really, really like this beautiful process that um, has been helpful because, you know, like I don't, you don't really get this time. Even if you step away, the rest of the world still operates right so right now like in the u.s right now we're all stepping away and so it's when you have i've never felt in my life a collective stepping away it's kind of like you work really hard before vacation and then you like catch up after vacation there's none of that it's like i mean clearly people are still working so it's not like everybody but the 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 a lot of collective energy around that has kind of calmed um and i'm hoping this also you know like i saw a meme about all of the companies that were created in 2008 to 2010 from that recession. And so I also look at this as like, yeah, is this like creative time? Because it's yeah, like, okay, let's, what, how can let's we reinvent? Go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, and that too, like one of our questions we were talking about, like how we're evolving relationships. We've talked about this a little bit, family systems, friendships, how is, how is, that shifted for either of you like what what are some things that are coming up yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, deep yeah for me there's there's of course many layers to it so fundamentally I live alone I just lost my dog last month so I'm like even more alone than like normal and so there's been a layer of that like my relationship with myself that has really been um tested like okay bitch are you gonna hold this together or are you about to lose your shit and I'm sensing also just from like the content that I see that people are posting or what I hear from people that um especially at the start of this week, like Saturday, Sunday, Monday of this previous week, I feel like I could really tell that people were starting to lose it a little bit. And I think that that's a really important part of this process to acknowledge that like, this is weird. Like this is not normal. And like, it is a real test of our um, psychological strength truthfully. And so that's something that's been coming up on my individual level relationship with myself and with my higher self. And then there's the side of it. That's my family systems. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I am from a really wonderful, um, very safe upbringing in Lake Mary, South Carolina, but I do have very, very fundamentally different views than my family does on a lot of things. And in this time, because so much is going on 
politically with all of it, it has been really hard. And I have been acknowledging in myself that I am not backing down on having my boundaries crossed by anyone right now, because it is a challenge enough to keep yourself together through this and like, um, navigate this on your own, much less to deal with like, somebody else's shit and everything that they're putting on you. So that's something that has been interesting kind of circling back to the part of this conversation that is about structures crumbling and, and things that are not working, uh, being drawn attention to and, and called out essentially. I think it's really important to be, um, just staying in your truest integrity right now in all of your relationships and I think that also it's important to acknowledge, I mean, I am a single woman at the, at this moment, but I've been, you know, thinking a lot about people in relationships and whether or not um, they're going to survive. <laughs> I think that there are, <laughs> I think, you know, the divorce rate is up like 20 or 30% in China. And I think that that's fascinating because it is kind of again about like what is your passion what how are you living your life in your ultimate truth like is the relationship that you're in working for you or is it not working for you I think that this time in terms of a relationship could be incredibly potent because it could be proving how well you work together how well you support one another how well you're able to hold each other in space of vulnerability and fear which is like so fun fundamental to uh, what I view as divine true partnership, but there's also the side of it where it's like, this could really make us realize that this is not working and that we're not good together and that we're not supporting each other and that we're not fulfilling our needs and that my needs aren't met and I'm not willing to meet your needs. And I don't even want to talk about it. And I don't even want to see you. I'm sick of looking at you. I don't even want to be around you. I never want to see you again. You know, there's so many layers of it. And I think that that's pretty interesting because not only is everyone dealing with their own um, psyche and their own energy and their own feelings, but then you put them together in a house that they can't leave. And it's like, wow, you know, again, I know Rhea said this, our last chat together, but it's almost like I am kind of grateful actually for the aloneness, for the alone time and, and for not having a partner right now, because I'm dealing with so much and processing so much. And there's so much input and just so much energy circling around that it almost is like, I don't know, it might be too much. But I think also if I was in a relationship, it would probably be one that was very supportive and healthy. So I know that I would probably be very secure in that too. So it's all just pretty interesting how I think things are shifting. And that also then moves into the conversation of work relationships. And I think on a lot of levels, work relationships are changing in this too, where maybe people are realizing because their business has had to close, like I do not envy anyone who's a business owner right now, which is the first time I think I've ever had that thought in my life because I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and business owner. And, um, I think that people are, because they have been forced to take a step back from their work, for the most part, I do honor and they very much think anybody who is an essential worker and is still working. But I think that for those of us that aren't, it's, it's kind of an opportunity to reignite our passion for what I, what you do. Like I've been sitting in my home 
and so desperately just longing and yearning for touch. Like I'm a person whose livelihood is around touch. And as a massage therapist and body worker, I mean, I love what I do. I love creating genuine connection for people and, and holding space for the body and, and seeing what all comes up in that. And so this time for me has really kind of ignited my passion around my core drive and my, my core mission and like where I want to go in life and what I want to do. And it's been very potently creative in terms of uh, building something new and, and doing a lot of manifesting and dreaming around that, which is like, wow, I'm so grateful for that time. But also, I think that there are a lot of people, maybe a person who owned a restaurant that's just, you know, a total bullshit restaurant that the world truthfully doesn't need. And maybe this time is really like making them realize, why am I doing this? And that that goes for all sorts of professions. And I spent a long time in the restaurant industry, and my heart is really hurting for all of our service industry workers right now, because it's just like, you know, they're going to need help. They're going to need major help. But um, I hope that everyone in whatever they choose to do for work as well are either making it or breaking it. I hope that they are realizing like, yes, this is what I am put on this earth to do. And I'm passionate about it in this moment. And I want to continue this moment whenever we can come out of this. Or, contrastly, I don't, and I don't know why I was doing that, and it was killing me, and I don't want to be doing it anymore. You know, I think that that's a really cool aspect of this opportunity in personal relationship with yourself, in romantic or friend relationships that are working or not working, and in relationships surrounding work. Yeah, I think what I hear you saying is it's really an invitation to recommit right? Or to commit Mm -hmm. properly to whatever it is that you're doing to yourself, to this relationship, to your work, to what matters on big and small scales. Um, You know, even just in a way of knowing what to get from the grocery store, Mm. like, you know, that can even be a mind mangle, but you're starting to understand what you actually need, what you actually want on like a really distilled level. Um, and I really identify as well with this time being such a lush time to clear out what is, what still needs to be sorted, right? Like the closet that should be organized. You're kind of like organizing things so that then you're creating more space. And then once that space is created, you can just flood in all this new creative juice or, or ideas or, or maybe just create some empty space for things to percolate. Um, Yes. And that looks different on so many levels, right? Like you're creating space to make space, even if that creating space today means that you're not, you're not moving. Right. Like even if that creative space means that you are just being and doing like only the things that you feel like you have the energy to do. And it doesn't have, what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to look like organizing a closet. It doesn't have to look like building a garden. It doesn't have to look like writing your dissertation it doesn't have to look like anything it can and does look like everything and that is all really important because it's acknowledging that space comes from many places space is the place y'all we all know it absolutely (laughs) well and for me it's been interesting because my father works in finance um in helping people with their 
with their money and um, he's working remotely and his clients, a lot of them, you know, in the beginning were really freaked out uh, and it was a lot of panic and he was holding a lot of space for other people um, and trying to really calm them down and that was taking a lot of energy for him and then it really started shifting to, okay, how what can we do during this time? Like, how can we, you know, and he really has an interesting perspective where he's very aware of what's going on from an economy's perspective that at times can be um, a bit uh, heavy or or kind of intense. And then my brother that also lives next door um, kind of tends to go into some of the conspiracy theory uh, avenues, cool. which uh, I'm very curious about, but I also have just recognized that I kind of can't tune into any of those frequencies or information because it just if I start opening up to it, it bombards me. I've been really much for you. Yeah. Yeah, I've been really trying to sit with myself and what feels right. And I resonate with something that Alex said before in that to me, it doesn't really matter if this is a bioweapon, if this is from 5g, if this is like who, I don't know, but either way we're in it right now. I think there are definitely people. And I think we may have said this the last update. I think there's definitely, it's serving the dark in a lot of ways. And there's, um, a lot of people bene- benefiting from this. There's a lot of ways that this is um, messed up and there's messed up stuff happening politically, uh, emotionally, like across the board. But I also feel it's equally serving the light and the good. And I've just been trying to focus on that. And so, you know, luckily, um, no one in my family really push is pushing anyone else right now. They're just kind of everybody's in their own mind space and bubble and when we do come together, it's moments that we're really just sharing, like just being down in the garden, watching the dogs play and, um, you know, talking about the ducks, like kind of tracking all these different wildlife that's out here. Um, but yeah, everybody's just really in their own space, uh, which I find to be, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's lovely. And I, there was another point I was going to make through that, but it's kind of escaped me now. Um, but I, oh, I, I really just, I can't, like, I even, if I try to watch a show, I want to be watching Sesame Street or um, Mr. Rogers. Or I watched, you know, this lovely movie called The Twelve, which is free on Vimeo about elders from these different um, indigenous communities coming together at the UN and doing a communal prayer for the earth. Or last night I watched Fantastic Fungi, which is also amazing and so <laughs> hopeful for the environment and how mushrooms can kind of save the world. So I'm trying to really put my energy and choose, um, if I can, to um, be positive and optimistic while also being realistic and holding space for where anyone else is. Uh, obviously, I mean, this mountain for me is such a peaceful um, escape and I've really built this nest um, here for myself that always feels very peaceful and private. But lately I've started to feel that the mountain is really crowded and it is this energy of people just being here and needing to sit here and not being able to get out of their homes. There's not that flow of going to work, coming back home. Um, you know, everybody's kind of sitting. If I take my dog for a walk, everyone's out on their porch and is kind of looking at each other and really curious about 
who else is in the neighborhood? And I started getting a little paranoid about like, can people see into my house at night? Like I started getting a little triggered and kind of scared in a way because I felt like it was, I was exposed, but it was also this realization and talking with my family that this is just part of the time and learning how to shift that, learning how to, you know, I put a crystal in one window that's like the one window people can see in and I put a curtain up and trying to also communicate for me in meditation, like with the land and how it's holding space for us during this time, because that's something I keep, there's this Robin that keeps tapping on my window and waking me up in the morning and he will not leave me alone. And I kept thinking he was giving me some sort of message. And when I really was tuning in, it was like, you need to be talking to the land. You need to be paying attention to the land. And I do think this is an, a chance for us to, also recognize the bigger sense of what's holding space for what how this is happening. Um, and that's been kind of interesting for me to start tuning into and start to like send energy to the world and try to just be positive in that way and, and envision hopefully the return of like everyone being more in tune with themselves, everyone eating healthier, everyone being healthier, mind, body, spirit, like just kind of imagining that. Um, and envisioning that as like a prayer and a hope, but also a way to like put that positive energy into the atmosphere. Yeah, I love all that. Um, I mean, I think I think what comes up for me around to what we're talking about here that <clears throat> is something that I always go back to, which is like your reality literally can't be someone else's reality and vice versa. And so there's this idea that um, <clears throat> a lot of times I think if there's a sharing of ideas that lead to like, Hey, step into my reality. And like in this pandemic, it's like even more evident, like my reality is not going to be your reality. It's not going to be someone else's reality. I mean, you could go down a rabbit hole of what reality is, but we won't do that today. <laughs> um, but it is this idea of like, you know, this is something I think about in terms of spiritually the most just because of who I am, but, um, you know, like thinking about resourcing and understanding and like feeling different things that are available to us to, to resource from. Um, and also thinking about this, you know, just th this idea of like different structures, different things that are available to us to give us those reflections and like what happens when we don't have the structures of those things, which would be like a, the structure of capitalism, let's say that. And I know that's oversimplifying, like a big, oversimplifying, a very big idea, but it's like understanding the relationship of, of like kind of like the, the tone of things in our world, because, um, you know, when we're upregulated, the tone is much higher. That's what we're experiencing when we drive through downtown, when we go to the grocery store, when we are like in these spaces you know, or anyone who's traveled during this time, I'm sure they have felt this upregulation, this paranoia, this really kind of like different feel of things. And I think that's us getting back into our intuition, our instincts in a different way, but also understanding, like, I think sometimes, I think the three of us are spatially aware of people around us, but, you know, like, I think this is possibly teaching someone about, their spatial awareness, possibly teaching someone about their immune system in a different way. And it's like understanding and saying like, okay, what am I meant to learn from this? And then where am I meant to hold space from this? Because it's not necessarily about, um, okay, it's this or, okay, it's this. It's much more like 
because it, it, it's never that, <laughs> you know, like it's never that it's, 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 it's like, why do we need the structure of what it is in order to understand it? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if we need that. Like, I, I, I don't need to like, I, I could, you know, use an example, like I'll like say, you know, with a client, let's say, you know, they're like, I want to know this, this, and this. And it's like, maybe it's not that linear. Um, or maybe the structure isn't what we're supposed to be looking at. You know, like I'll hear this in readings where I'm like, your guides are telling me to tell you to ask a different question, like ask a different question because it's like, sometimes the things we're asking aren't necessarily what's going to reveal what's happening. Um, and I think right now the information is that there aren't answers. Like there's a lot of really beautiful theories, (laughs) spiritual ones, scientific ones, um, all of that, right? Like philosophical ones, uh, religious ones. There's like lots of theories, but you know, it's like owning and acknowledging like, okay, this is, this is a theory and this, what am I going to do with this information? Um, and how am I going to inform my life day, day to day? Like I wrote down today is today, (laughs) you know, like it is, it's today. So it's like, we haven't really lived in as a like society like this before. Um, you know, so someone who possibly like, I am not someone who highly identifies with the rat race, but someone who, who did possibly, and, and is not able to work from home could be really, really struggling with this idea of the, the attachment, the identity to that. And so there have been some things for me that have come up in terms of just like self-relationship, um, you know, like I have a lot of ideas about what's going on that I don't share with a lot of people because, you know, like for me, one of my things is like safety within my system, like within, um, all of this, um, because to me, it doesn't seem like it's something that needs to be, um, shared and like connected all the time. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, like I have like a little bit of uh, self-preservation going on around that because, um, I'm not quite sure my relationship to others is important right now. And I don't say that meaning like, fuck everyone. (laughs) Like it's much more around, like, um, I think there's some self lessons here, some like relationship to self that is, has been, um, coming up a lot more. And so that's what I've been spending more time on. Um, you know, and of course I do have a partner at home, you know, and I mean, the main joke I've made with Tom is like, I'm glad we like each other. (laughs) Um, Cause we do. <laughs> um, but you know, like I was like, can you imagine if we didn't like each other, <laughs> what we would do? I love spending more time with Tom. So, um, you know, like that's been a, a positive thing, like having him home more. Um, but it's just been, it's just been really, really, really interesting, I guess is the word. And, and, you know, and, and one of the things we want, we're, kind of to shift into that question of like, what is your intuition telling you? You know, I think I've dialed in and seen so many things, so many theories from friends, things like that. And I think my intuition is, is really saying like day by day, like take it day by day, take it breath by breath, understand the information, like meditate. I've been meditating as much as I can. Again, I do work from home a little bit. So there's been that aspect of things, but meditation has been huge for, just connecting into my, my just inner knowing, um, uh, around different things, you know, and, and, um, well, uh, 
you know, I've made it. Well, maybe I shouldn't shit talk Tiger King, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, that you know, show. Like, I watched like two episodes of that. And I was like, well, everyone figured out a way to welcome narcissists into their homes during this pandemic where I was like, what the F? This is the worst. Alexis, I don't know if you watched it, but I was like, oh, oh I watched I like, it. No. I, I watched like, it. I can't get down with exotic, or I keep calling him Exotic Joe instead of Joe <laughs> Exotic. For me, it's just um, triggering on I so just, many levels. I just, no, yeah. I have no oh, desire nar- to watch the that. The narcissist found their way. No. a jail cell, right? I was like, he's getting supply from I jail com- cell. <laughs> I, am com- I am completely Sorry. baffled <laughs> by... The whole thing. I mean, it's truly like the wildest story I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And that's why I watched it because I was just completely in shock the whole time. Like it was at least a very nice distraction because it <laughs> was entertaining of a wild ass ride. But with that said, I don't understand the argument that people are like, oh, we need a free Joe Exotic. Like, what are you talking about? This man is still oh, like a that. monster. Like they're all monsters. They all should be um, receiving repercussions oh I don't even want to talk about it it's just interesting to me like some of the like I would say like cultural things that are coming up around that and that's a that's definitely a big one um yeah, but true. you know like um and that and, and like and Ray and I are different from that in that like I can't I for some reason <laughs> maybe I saw Poltergeist too young as a kid but um, the movie Poltergeist, not, well, and actual Poltergeist, <laughs> but, um, you know, so like I can, I, I like horror movies, things like that don't typically mess with my system, but I could not do, I'm going to still call him exotic Joe. <laughs> I could not do that show. I was like, first of all, I was like, that Carol chick is like, I don't know what's up with her, but she is like evil. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, get her energy. I was like, Tom, her energy is climbing out of that screen. And like, misting everywhere like, oh I don't even like talking about it <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. See, see, it's okay it's okay we can stop we can, we can, see, because we can switch gears but my intuition, intuition. <laughs> so <laughs> my intuition has been telling me like protect what energy you let in right now like yeah, really yeah. guard what's coming in right now and so I, I apologize for being like boundary no but I literally can't like even Perfect. go there and that's why I have been drawn to these lovely like nature you know I think I'm just gonna watch planet earth and knit the whole time <laughs> and like You're just aged 40 years you know yeah, even you, even yeah. some I love knitting exactly I'm turning into an old wise woman um, but <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I I kind of want to circle back also to the mention that Alex you made on this being about death and rebirth, and this like the idea of death as a final form of healing. It's like in some way, this process is really about surrendering to what truly benefits you and flowing to that. And not only surrendering to what truly benefits you, but acknowledging what truly benefits you. Like what is helping you in this time? What do you need? What is your body asking for? What is your system asking for? What can you offer? It is also, I really believe about a major wake up call in collective connecting with the earth i think that um the earth like you were saying raya from that 
movie, The Twelve, which is just so beautiful and so important for us to be seeing things like that right now and talking about things like that right now. But one of the things that I took away from that film was this um, dialogue that one of the elders was talking about how earth is a school, you know, the physical plane is a school. It is where we go to learn. It is where we are to learn about ourselves, to self-actualize, to experience self-knowledge. And then the non-physical, you know, once death happens and you go into that expansive space that people have defined in so many different definitions, you know, that is the non-physical. That is what they called vacation. Like that is what they called, um, you know, where you don't have to worry about things like this. So, so the earth is here to teach us and we are here on earth to learn. And also our bodies are vessels on this earth. So we are like bridging the gap as physical beings from the divine to the earth and also like vice versa. Like it, it's so about this um, connection. And I, and I agree with you that it is about death and rebirth and, and that can be on, on so many different levels throughout this. I also will say in hearing all of us speak today, I keep thinking about the idea of getting out of your comfort zone and how that's good for you. But we always forget that it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely not intended to be a cakewalk. No, I remember I I made a trip once that I did alone and I it was the intention of getting out of my comfort zone and there were so many moments that I was so uncomfortable. There was one like peak moment where I was in this French grocery store. I was looking around, I didn't recognize any of the products and I had a panic attack. I was literally having a panic attack and I sat with myself and I said, "Are you dying?" No, like, what are you scared of right now? What is this? And it was just so scared of not knowing you're scared of not knowing. And I just surrendered to it saying, you know what? You're fine. No one's dying. You're okay. And then I had to learn how to teach myself what, what makes me comfortable. I bought a, you know, a nice little candle that I would light that would set, you know, make me feel comfortable taking a bath. I had to kind of retrain myself how to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And of course that's a very, uh, there's a lot of more uncomfortable situations, right? But it, it feels like all of us are, there's this space being held for us to be taken out of our comfort zone for growth, for learning. And it's about learning how to be uncomfortable, how to make space for the discomfort and then find comfort in that space. If that yes. makes sense. Yeah. It does. It a hundred percent does. And like that actually also is such a gift to us. The, the belief in that right there, the belief that the uncomfortable still can support you is like, wow, you know, like that is everything. That is like, what do you have to be afraid of when you know that, yeah, things are going to get bumpy. Things are going to get messy. I'm going to get dirty. I'm going to fall. It's going to hurt. You know, I might think it sucks, but I am going to be learning and I am going to be even at the very least, learning more about myself. And through that is, again, this idea of balance, right? Like through the experiencing of knowing what that uncomfortability feels like, you then know and appreciate comfort more. You know, it's right. like 
it teaches you. It teaches you the opposite when you go through the opposite. It teaches you appreciation for the light when you're in the dark and and vice versa. It's almost like we're just in the shadow right now or we're just like brought into the underworld. Like we're in the doldrums. I don't know. There's something going on. Sure. But it's like, how are you, you know, some of us maybe are more comfortable with that space. Others are not. Some for, for of us, like that space is freaking terrifying. Um, but it's like, how can you still feel okay? You're still alive. You're still breathing. That's so much of what my um, mentor, Erna, that I've mentioned before in other episodes, she's like, you wake up, the sun's there. This Thank you for my new day. Like, it's going to that base level of, like, I'm still alive, I'm okay, grateful for this day, and I know that that can be um, hard in certain circumstances, but if you have that as, like, your bread and butter, then everything's going to be okay, and the rest you can try to hold space for or move through or figure out how to flow or, I don't know. That's what I hope for everyone. I think of this too in relationship to the orthobiotomy, the body work that I do, which especially remotely tapping into the energetics of something. And so not like the energy, but uh, similarly to what I was speaking to earlier around tone, where like sometimes I'll have a client if I feel like we're kind of, you know, hitting a little bit of a interesting time in like the process of like seeing them third or fourth session and they're like, you know, you know, I'll say something like, have you talked to the pain or have you talked to your knee? Because what I'm doing is like individually talking to different um, spaces or like, you know, I'll see in readings. I'm like, Oh, you chose this heart from like, you've had this heart like in like 30 past lives. So like your heart is just a little bit more experienced in this area. How can you utilize it then? And I'll like see them in a little lab, like that's the analogy. And they like grab the heart and they like put it, I feel like that's actually from one of your readings. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so, oops. Uh, maybe I'm like, step off, Alexis, guides. Oh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're no, like, but it is. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, it is from your reading. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. No, no worries. Um, my face is really red, but you you guys can only see. Um, I didn't ask for permission to share that part. All good, babe. So, um, so, you know, I think it's like when we talk to the different spaces, it's like talking to the pain, you know, this is the main thing that I do when I'm like thinking about it. And I've done some remote ortho with people, with someone who, who, you know, I think did have this virus and it's like, we just talked to it and, and it was pretty interesting. It was like, you know, he was very open to it and it was very much like, okay, so this is this you know, I was like, it's like, you've invited a house guest in that you're, you, you, you need to ask to leave. Like, you know, and, and it was a lot of energetics distance ortho around like, no, no, you really have to go. But it, it like had found a home, which again, we've talked about this too. Like the virus thing is like when it, excuse me, finds a home, it's like happy because it, it's able to live. And so it's just interesting that we're all being asked to go to our homes to live I mean, it's literally like this analogy of what this virus is teaching us, right? How can we be alive at home, especially for the busybodies out there? It's like, how can I be alive at home? I'm comfortable at home. You know, if this was opposite and it was like extrovert virus and you couldn't go home and you had to interact with people on a constant basis, I'd be losing my mind, you know, like this is like kind of luckily going in with, I, you know, I love the shadow side. I love all of that, that those pieces of things, because I think it develops who we are as people. And so, 
you know, I think that that's interesting too, because it's like what, what, not just what the teaching is, but also just kind of like the different layers of like, if you're feeling uncomfortable in your system right now, talk to it, be like, Hey, immune system. All right. Hey, lymph nodes. How about my limbic system? And if you're listening and you're like, what the fuck is a limbic system? Like, Google it. Like it's, it's an excellent time to learn about our mechanisms. And I don't say that to be like, you should know it's much more around, like, it'll give you a resource and it gives you more information so that you can better attune to your system in a way that provides more, I mean, more information, you know? Uh, and so totally, just, it's like, I, yeah, it's like, asking the right questions keeps coming up for me that you said that earlier, like asking the right questions. And that includes in your body, like ask the right questions so that you can work with your body because it is begging you to work with it. Yeah. You know, begging you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, any, any like final, final thoughts? I did want to share, um, Rhea, when you were kind of talking about your fairy godmother saying, um, you know, thank you for this beautiful day. Like, I think that some of the right questions are about that. And it reminds me of one of my teachers at the Esalen Institute, who was a dance teacher in the morning. And every, every session, he would start the class and he would say, what time is it? And we would answer now. And he said, where do you live? The answer is in my heart. Uh, where, where are you here? What day is it today? And today we're living the best day of our lives. Snaps yes. to that. And scene. <laughs> yeah. I think that says it all really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's appar- apparently today is the best day of our lives. <laughs> well, you know, grateful journaling, like that would be a good practice right now. It seems a little totally. corny sometimes, so just writing down what you're grateful for, and that's what this time is about. And I just keep thinking how much worse this could be, honestly, and not in a way of being doom, like negative, but just being like, wow, this is such a gentle nudge. <laughs> this is so gentle. But yet, there's a lot going on, you know, there's so many ways that this disease, this virus, this time could be so, so much worse. So Yeah, and I can't help but surrender to the intuitive knowledge that this is here to help us. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, We'd love to hear about your experience as well, if you want to share. Um, and rate our podcast. <laughs> what else? <laughs> That's it. Comment, Thank you for listening. Share, connect with really, us. Yeah, yeah reach love out. Really love. Um, you know, like I've had people text me, and you know, we're we're of course just starting out, and so I love hearing that people are listening. So thanks for listening. Yes, we appreciate you, and take care of yourselves. Bye, yeah. y'all. Bye. Goodbye.